Grateful, 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 grateful. Gratefulness flowing from my heart. That may be as good a summary of today's message as we're going to get. That beautiful piece, thank you, Quartet, was a gift, a call to begin in gratitude. We get the message at an early age that it is important to say thank you. When a child receives help or when they are given something, we encourage them. Indeed, we expect them to say thank you. Much of this, I think, is about good manners. It's just important to say please first and then to say thank you. But I've also come to know that this is a good spiritual practice, no matter what age or stage of life we might be to express gratitude for the blessings in our lives. And sometimes more than others, it may be that we need to lean into that practice. And this, friends, may be one of those times. This Thanksgiving, to state the obvious, won't be the usual Thanksgiving for many of us. And while that call to say thank you might be there, Truth be told, some of us may at least be a little grudging in our response right now. In talking with many of you these past few weeks, I've heard some real struggles this year. Struggles about what is safe in this pandemic time weighed against traditions with family and friends. Just what is this holiday if we're not with the people we love? You add to that almost like the layers of an onion, if you will, so much that is uncertain right now. Not only are we facing this new and devastating surge in COVID cases and renewed restrictions on gatherings and so many people affected economically and emotionally, but, what with, but with that we have a sore loser commander-in-chief with divisions in our country that seem to only to be getting worse by the day. And with that come fears of what the long-term consequences might be for our very democracy. No, this will be anything but our usual Thanksgiving. And, and it might be at such a time that in the midst of so much noise and so much loss and uncertainty, it may be that in this particular moment when we need to be called back to some of the basics, when we need to be reminded of some of the practices we, that might help us navigate through these times. It was the 13th century mystic Meister Eckhart who said, if the only prayer you say in life is thank you, that would suffice. Gratitude is, I think, a kind of primal expression, recognition of our lives and what it is we have been given. That gratitude is a recognition of all that we are in relationship with. And maybe that is the first thing to say about gratitude, that it's a recognition of how we are connected with all of life. Perhaps we notice it most in those moments when we're called out of ourselves by beauty or something someone else does for us. This is how Galen Gingrich, minister of All Souls Unitarian in New York, describes it. Gratitude has its basis in our awareness of all the things that have come our way from the people and world around us. 
we begin with this inescapable reality. We are contingent creatures. We depend on our environment for everything we need. We depend on the largesse of the natural world for our very existence. And we depend on the people around us for the quality of our ongoing lives. Without the natural world, we wouldn't have air to breathe, water to drink, or food to eat. It begins with parents, with others who nurture us along the way. We have extended family and teachers and mentors who help us find our way in the world. We have institutions that help us, like schools, like communities of faith. We have medical care for those of us who are privileged to have medical care and governments that help us structure our lives and the lives of the larger community. And sometimes we recognize how important those things are when they fail us, when they're not there for us. We have art and music and sport and all that, all so many things that connect us with something larger. We are individuals, yes, but our individual lives exist in a much larger context. And perhaps the spiritual task begins there in that recognition of our interdependence. It begins with the recognition that we as individuals really don't amount to much outside of the, of the relationships we have with families and with communities and maybe with the people we don't even know. Through it all, we're asked to see our individual lives in the lives of others, too. Part of the spiritual task is to recognize and to honor that and to put our own struggles and our own blessings into context. In his book, This is Water, David Foster Wallace finds himself at the end of an exhausting day in the middle of what he describes as an exasperating week. His words, you are hungry, tired, and desperate to get home. The store is crowded, the light is harsh, the lines are long, and everyone is annoying. In this situation, Wallace says, my natural default setting is that situations like this are really all about me, about my hungriness and my fatigue and my desire to get home. And who in the world are all these people and why are they in my way? What, that is what happens, he says, when I'm operating on the automatic unconscious belief that I am the center of the world and that may and that my immediate needs and feelings are what should determine the world's priorities. He continues that there may be another option. I can choose to force myself to consider the likelihood that everyone else in the supermarket's checkout line is probably just as bored and frustrated as I am, and that some of these people actually have much harder, more tedious or painful lives than I do. Maybe the man yelling into his cell phone has a son in prison. Maybe the woman blocking the aisle to the ice cream freezer has just been laid off. Maybe the impossibly slow checkout clerk has just been dumped by her boyfriend. As human beings, Wallace says, we are able to choose what we pay attention to and how we construct meaning.
These choices involve attention and awareness, the discipline and effort, and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them. The key, he concludes, is awareness. Awareness of what is real and essential, what's hidden in plain sight all around us. The Hebrew term for gratitude means recognizing the good. Practicing gratitude is about recognizing what is good in our lives, even when we may be facing our share of things that are not so good. If you have been laid off from your job, but have good health and are able to work, you can be grateful for that. If your physical vitality has been declining, but your mind remains keen, you can be grateful for that. The first century rabbi Simeon Benzoma said, who is rich? Those who are happy with what they have. Now it's important to name and recognize suffering in our world, but it's also important in all of that to not lose sight of what it is we have been blessed with. We know the stories of people who have faced some serious health condition or have faced some devastating tragedy in their lives. That experience is a kind of coming face to face with life and in the process to put it all in perspective, to not take what it is we have for granted. And sometimes when things don't go well, when we lose something or someone precious, when we suddenly find that our lives are shut down, when the things are not the way they always have been, that, I think, is when we're asked to pause and to take stock and to maybe see things that we haven't noticed before, to remember the relationships in our lives and what it is they bring. The Spirit, I believe, asks us to be present with the world, not just when things are great, not just when the sun is shining. The Spirit asks us to be present with the world, too, when things are difficult, when things are broken, when we may feel as if we ourselves are broken. The writer Anne Lamott says, gratitude contains a heightened and amazed realization of how much goodness is marbled into our strange and sometimes hard and sometimes annoying lives. This catches us by surprise as if we are children and a sudden breeze is playing with our spirits as if with paper planes lifting us, restoring our sense of buoyancy where before there could be the opposite, the worried, the trudge, endless calculation and scheming numbness. She goes on, gratitude tugs on our sleeves and says, wake up, look around at the kindness that surrounds us, the love we are being shown, the hope that now makes sense. Emily Dickens wrote that hope inspires the good to reveal itself. And we can be taken aback by a sense of amazement at how much someone has shared with us or even sacrificed for us for cranky, secreted, mealy-mouthed you and me. Part of our job is to show up and to pay attention, 
to be open to those moments of grace when they do come our way. In 2016, Wanda Dench didn't know her grandson had changed his phone number when she invited him to her house for Thanksgiving dinner at 3 p.m. sharp. Now, first, there was confusion from the apparent stranger on the receiving end of that text, then an exchange of selfies. You not my grandma, texted Jamal Hinton, then a 17-year-old high school senior. Can I still get a plate, though? Of course you can, responded Dench, now 63 of Mesa, Arizona. That's what grandmas do. They feed everyone. That was the beginning of a, of a holiday tradition you may have read about. The young man tweeted photos of that exchange, promptly drawing the internet's attention. Dentz received so many requests for plates that year that she had to change her phone number. A few weeks later, Dent Hinton, and Dench, uh, Dent Hinton took Dench up on the offer, and the pair and their families celebrated that Thanksgiving together and they have each one since. But this year's Thanksgiving will be different for Thanksgiving Grandma, as it will be for millions of other people. Dench's husband, Lonnie, died of coronavirus in April, and Dench and Hinton weighed the risks of holding a Thanksgiving celebration this year during the pandemic. They wondered if they could find a way to celebrate together early on the day, before splitting off to see their respective families, but they decided the risk of spread was just too great. Instead of a large multi-family event, the two had a small dinner this past Friday where they gave thanks and talked about their friendship and about Mr. Dench's death. During their meal, they kept a burning candle and a portrait of him in front of his seat at the table. It's going to be different my first Thanksgiving without him, she said. My husband was always right behind me, telling how proud he was of Jamal and me for what we've done. That chance encounter in 2016 blossomed into a deep friendship. After meeting her for the first time, I just knew she's another person. Age really, isn't, is, really is just a number, said Hinton who is now 21 and works as a car salesman. It doesn't matter. You can be friends with anybody. You can be family with anybody. For many of us this year, this will be a holiday marked by loss, be it the death of a loved one or just the loss of traditions we have known. And hopefully it will be those relationships in our lives, near and far, expected and unexpected, that will sustain us. I expect that years from now, as we look back, this year of 2020 will be remembered. Now, all too often, we have a way, Thanksgivings and holidays have a way of blending together. One uh, can be hard, and one can be hard to separate from all the others. But this year, I expect not so much. And perhaps with the losses, with so much that has happened, with uncertainty about what the future holds, perhaps in all of that might also come possibility. Just as an accidental text began a relationship with two strangers, what might we discover 
in this time that can feel so different from other times. Maybe in this time is an invitation to be grateful, to be mindful, to give thanks for all the blessings we maybe didn't notice before. A renewed awareness that we can't take anything for granted and, that's what's imp- and that what's important ultimately are those relationships in our lives. That what we have there is a kind of foundation upon which all the rest is based. And that, and that that is the place from which that we live with other people, yes, but with animals and plants, with the creation all around us, with all that sustains our lives and the lives of those we love. And maybe, just maybe, it can also be an invitation that can take us out of our comfort zones, those familiar places that can help us maintain the status quo as well. One of the gifts with disruptions is that they do shake things up. They may make us aware of our privilege, of our blind spots. They may call us to be aware of people maybe we haven't been so aware of before, of black and brown and indigenous lives, of trans lives, of people living with different abilities. They may make us aware on some new level of the systems of oppression that we are all a part of and perhaps the benefits that we have come, that have come our way, whether we've asked for them or not. The things that we may ask, that may ask us to see our lives in some larger context as part of some larger whole. Saying thank you is a recognition that we are in relationship with everything and everyone else in this creation. It's a recognition that starts with the fact that we are utterly dependent for everything that allows us to live. Words of Alice Walker. I do not doubt that you are there and that I am also in some future past tense and that together we are enjoying it all. And so I thank you, great awareness, in which I also live for calla lilies and birds and hollyhocks, for bougainvillea and the aroma of a good pozole and the fit of a new dress. There are then the stars that I love and the rivers I adore and the single leaves of trees in which I can lose my temporary, this moment self in. The sheer wonder of it all and women marching everywhere and being the most wondrous of the human lot with their amazing capacity to recreate the human universe. Oh, great and everlasting awareness I have been with you while looking for you all my long life. And here you turn up today as you do every day, as myself, as all awakened women, children, and men in the world, and everything else. Each week at the end of our service, as part of the benediction we offer, we offer a statement of thanks for this day, this day that we've been given, and we're asked to rejoice in it and to be glad. 
Gratitude is not just something that happens on Thanksgiving. It's not something that just happens when everything in our lives is fabulous. In fact, it is when things are not great, when we are out of our usual patterns, when we know loss, when we know fear and uncertainty. Perhaps those are the times when we most need to call ourselves to that place of thanks. No matter where it is we find ourselves on this Thanksgiving, may we begin in that place of gratitude. And even if it may be a little grudging, and may that help all of us to recognize all that holds us, that love that will never let any of us go. Amen. Will you pray with me now? God of mystery and wonder, God of hope and joy, God of uncertainty and loss, help us as we find our way. Remind us to breathe, remind us to pay attention, remind us to give thanks for all the blessings we know, for the voices of children, for the wisdom of old people, for the love that comes our way in unexpected moments, even in the midst of disruption. May the gratitude we know ground us and sustain us. May it help us to recognize our interdependence, that we need others and that others need us too. Help us to open ourselves to all of life. Help us to say thank you over and over again. Amen.